really all we were trying to do here is just say, look, there's a lot of really popular commanders out there, but there's really cool replacements for those that can make your games, can spice up your games in new ways, you know? Hello and welcome back to Out of the Box MTG, where we think and play out of the box. We're excited to have you here. We have a, a fun episode planned. It's a smaller group tonight. It's just Logan and I, two brothers, just shooting the breeze. You know what I mean? Just Logan, how's it going? Some, just talk about some magic, dude. I mean, we've gotten, I mean, we do this on a weekly basis, basically anyway, outside of the pod. I mean, we used to always get crap from our family just for sitting and talking and looking at cards for hours every Sunday night when we go over for dinner. Like we do it all the time. <laughs> well, this is really just our excuse to say, hey, we're 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 prepping for the podcast where it's it's yes. work related. Like we got to <laughs> do it. Um, so yeah, this this will have a different energy probably than the, the larger cast just because Logan and I have been doing this together for so long. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we're excited. It's gonna be a fun episode tonight. But before we dive into it, just want to talk about have we Logan, you played any fun games recently? Yeah. Um, so we had a, a game just recently. Um, it was with our normal pod. So it was the two of us and then Jake and Simon, other two podcasters. And I had I was running like a little bit late to our game and everything. So I like ran, like I got home as soon as I could, rushed on, got set up and everything. And I was like, ah, I've been testing out. I think I've mentioned it before, but I've been testing out a Zevlor Elturial Exile deck. And I was like, I'm yeah. going to come out again. And he just absolutely popped off. It, it was so nuts. So I don't usually play super, power, super, super powerful cards, but I put a Jessica's Will in Zevlor, which was nuts because when I cast it, I can use yeah. to copy it for each of the other opponents. So in one turn, super cool interaction with Zevlor. I, yeah. I I think we tend to have this the the take within our pod of we avoid the the really templated powerful cards yeah. unless it's really thematic in the specific deck, right? Like right. you 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 grab one or two of those staply cards and put them in, and only in the decks that really feel like they belong. And Zevlor is a really great example of a place where Jessica's Will actually plays way cooler. Yeah. Than just casting a Jessica's will, right? Yeah, than just playing a normal Jessica's will or something like that. Because I made like 20 red mana and I had a, a Vadric on the board too. So it only cost me one mana. And so I copied it three times. I exiled the top nine cards off of my library, made 20 red mana. I exiled a Storm King's Thunder, which is like X red, 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 and copy the next spell you cast X times. And then I cast a cruel ultimatum. So well, I, I, you, you were getting oh ready to cast gosh. it, and I saw you, I saw you doing math, and then I saw you start counting out black, 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 and I was like, oh, I know what's coming. I know what this is. Like, like I could see how much mana you had left. You had just you were like, like calculating out the numbers flying like, around your head. Yeah, like what could this be? I was like. And like you were like tapping it, and I was like, guys, I think we're about to get cruel ultimatum out of this game. And you were just like, that is exactly what's about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I was able to, I killed Simon, and then I think I put you and Jake both at like five or something like that. Like, but you guys were so low, and I had made you discard your whole hand. Yeah. Your, all your creatures were gone. Like, you guys just didn't have anything. And so I, I just, was able to just wipe the board, 
by copying Cruel Ultimatum 19 times, which was honestly one of the coolest things I've ever done in a game. That was so cool. Yeah, that's that's one that I'll definitely remember. I think Storm, Storm King Thunder is a really fun kind of storm variant card, right? Yeah. Where it doesn't require you to go through the loops and motions of storm, which I love. We've yep. talked about it on the pod a couple of times. I do love it. <laughs> he that. loves the storm. But it is really arduous. And so Storm King Thunder kind of speeds up that the ending of that process and can kind of turn any card you want into a card that says it has storm almost, right? right? Like, yeah. which is a card that I desperately want printed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a card that says the next the next spell you cast has storm or something like that. Oh, oh my sick. gosh. I want it so bad. Yeah. But uh, it'll never sick. happen. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, like, and of all, like, the cards, like, to, like, copy 19 times, like, Cruel Ultimatum was just, like, just so, so good. Like, it, it was just, and I felt so bad, because, like, like it was, like, turn six or seven. Like, it was, it was really a very early in the game. game. Yeah. I had just, like, my first, like, three or four turns, I just ramped, and then I yeah. got Tumblr out, I had Badrick, and then literally my spells were costing, like, one mana like you know i was all the colorless was gone so it was just it was nuts i mean i got destroyed the next game like i was well, i was gonna say <laughs> i think you're i think it's a welcome sight because uh jake and simon have both built new lord of the rings decks yeah uh, aragorn being one of them and Which, oh my gosh aragorn is well i think they built the two strongest commanders from the set because yeah. sauron is insane yeah and aragorn is this is the four color one i'm sure they'll talk about it on a future yeah. cast but boy oh boy boy howdy man it they was strong <laughs> yeah i i felt very outclassed yeah. both the games we played with them this weekend which is why i don't have that cool of a story to report yeah. because i got completely blown out by a crazy zevlor turn and then i i the second game i was you playing like victorious lands deck i was really close but it was a a a really timely board wipe ended ended me. I had it's probably worth talking about though. So Quintorius, my lands deck, mm -hmm. super fun deck. Um, I had a glacial chasm out, which Land. allows me to prevent all damage that would be dealt to me. And you've been playing glacial chasm in decks for like four years now, and in every single one, reach the I good have word. To have at least two land destruction i play at least two land destructions in all my decks because of that card well and probably because of sarah's sanctum as well in, in yes Daxus. absolutely I, but i i i think glacial chasm is an incredibly underrated card in commander so it dead stops so much stuff um and it, it you know it's easy to get rid of if you have a beast within or a you know generous gift or whatever or any number of ghost quarter strip mine wasteland effects whatever right it's it's yeah. not like it's that hard to get rid of but it really can totally flip a game on its head. But I was in a position where I was really, really close to winning the game. Yeah. But Jake was playing his new Sauron deck, and it's the it's there's a couple of Saurons. So I don't remember exactly yeah. which one it is, but it's I think it it's has Sauron the Dark Lord. I think it's like yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the one that has whenever the ring tempts you, you can discard your hand and draw four cards. Mm -hmm. And I was ready to win on my next turn. I had a board of spirits and other tokens, and I was just like. I was doing the Quintorius thing and he looted. He, he did that. He got the, he temp, was tempted by the ring and then he discarded his hand drew four and he ended up drawing. I think he drew a blasphemous act out of those four. And that oh. was enough to put me out of the game. Had he not drawn it off of those four, I was winning the next turn. And it was, Jeez. so it, it's one of those ones where it's like, 
you can't be mad at how oh, it falls. Yeah. Like it's just the game, right? It's it, you know you get timely draws and that that's how it goes. But then he ended up completely. He, yeah, I, I we I, I scooped just because I think we saw the I saw the writing on the wall. But he had a like a forty one forty one orc army. I had ways to loop. <laughs> yeah, he's huge. And he had lifelink. That was the biggest problem is he had a mask of grizzle brand to give it lifelink. Mm. But I, I had ways to loop my glacial chasm for a while. I had a Savine's reclamation in my hand, which okay. would allow me to, to two separate times, allow it to build up, sacrifice it to itself, bring it right back immediately. So I had, I had an, I could have bought myself a lot of time, but the, it was just, I couldn't attack into him because the lifelink would have been too much at that point. Like he couldn't attack me to gain that, but so it was, it was tricky, but it was a fun game. It was a, it was a fun night. We played two great games. Yeah. Um, But yeah. And it was really fun having that too, because like I've struggled knowing what to do. Cause I really, I did enjoy it on hello, the painter. Mm -hmm. That was my Zevlor deck originally, but there were just certain things about it. I didn't love, I didn't love his artwork. I didn't like that. He was like, a super, super popular commander. I didn't mm-hmm. like that he, like, it, it also felt like I had to have a lot of, like, I always had to make the tokens before casting my spells, whereas in this deck, I can Which ju- made it really easy to see what was coming, right? Like, if, oh, Logan's got a couple of two twos, we know that yeah. there's going to be some copies coming. Right. And so, because then it always felt bad to, like, cast my good spell and not copy it. And so I would play on Hello, and I'd make two twos and be ready to, like, copy and do the stuff but then i you know then if on hello got removed then i'm only casting the spell normally just once and so it always felt bad so yeah i think i've really liked zevlor and i think that like that night even though like the second game i got trounced on the first game i think solidified enough for me that i'm gonna but that it has the legs to stay around yeah Yeah. and And i really enjoy him because i really wanted a grixis like spell a big spells deck Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is what on hello was and so i really like it but I, I definitely like Zevlor more, and I think that that game solidifies his art okay. is so cool. I am going to stick with him, and I'm going to like because right now he was just like proxy, so I'm going to like buy the cards now and yeah. yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah. Well, that game's a, a kind of a good segue into yeah. what we're talking about tonight, Logan. It sounds like there's some new Lord of the Rings commanders at the table, which I think that's a little bit of what we're talking about tonight, right? Yeah. So I mean. I mean, hey, it's it's set review time, right? The sets come out. We've been able to draft or play some pre-cons. We've seen it out in the wild a little bit. So we're thinking so what we're gonna do tonight is we're gonna talk about so like each of our top 10 favorite cards from the Lord of the Rings set, whether the main Wait, set oh, oh, hold up. Uh What's I up? just pulled up I just pulled up Twitter. Okay. And there's a tweet from the rules committee. Um, what? whoa, this is some big news. They are banning 10 of the most popular commanders in the format. Are you serious? Well, there's just saying, look, we want commanders to stay fresh. We want it to stay fun. So we're going to ban the following. Atraxa, Joda, the five-color Joda unifier. Wow. Eriko, Ishin, Prosper, Korvold, Shorakai, Moldrotha, Kalia, and then four color Omnath. Kalia the Vast? Kalia the Vast, yeah. The the one that slaps angels and, and yeah. demon on board. Holy cow. 
that's that's insane. They're ten, they and they chose ten. They're putting ten on the chopping block and saying, for the sake of diversity, format diversity, they're gone. But you guys are pretty lucky because you got two guys right here who <laughs> can give you some great replacements. Uh, for live reaction ten. to uh, the banning. Should we? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. So now that they're gone, what are we? What are you supposed to play? You know, like they they want they are saying this is for the sake of of diversity of the format. Okay. Yeah. So what? I, I guess maybe Lord we put the Lord of the Rings on the shelf, put yeah. it back in the bookcase where it's been there for a while. We can it yeah. can stay there for a little bit longer. Oh, for sure. Um, let's talk about let's talk about this. Who who could you replace these? Dude, that's ten- so easy. I like my mind's just blown right now. That's wild, dude. Yeah. Who could we re- let's let's talk through what we could replace these popular commanders with uh, some, some replacement commander options. Cause now that you can't play them, you got to have something to do with the deck. So let's see what let's, let's start at the top. Let's start, a, let's start with a tracks to Logan. If you like, you can't, you, I mean, you can't play tracks anymore. Wh- who do you go and grab? What, what yeah. commander are you grabbing? Well, so now a tracks can, can be built a ton of different ways and she's Lots, four colors. Yeah. So, yeah. um, but if I were to build a tracks, uh, I would probably build her as like a plus one, plus one counters deck. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my favorite plus one, plus one counters, or just kind of counters. Actually, I think this works really well as a replacement for a tracks. It's Vorel of the whole clade. Um, so this is three mana Simic human merfolk legend. Um, and for two mana and tapping Vorel, you can double the number of each kind of counter on target artifact, creature, or land. And so where Atraxa, you know, at the end step proliferates a bunch of different things, mm-hmm. Voral of the Whole Clade, you could just choose one thing and just double, 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 and just try to like... So yeah, so rather than going wide with counters, you can just double up on a single thing. Um, but I know like a lot of like Atraxa decks will play like artifacts that have like charge counters on them or they'll play plus one plus one counters on things or you know different things like that so i think voral the whole clay could be a good swap but i think it it twist it just a little bit because i mean obviously you're losing a couple colors but you also get to go yeah. you get to go tall with your counters rather than wide which i think is really interesting yeah no i, I love that and i think that's gonna like you know as we look at this list of these commanders that we're not gonna see at our tables anymore yeah um you a lot of them are higher color higher higher color pips right we got yeah. a lot of four color three color things like that yeah. and so you know the replacements are a little bit i guess a little bit harder to find when you try to stay it in those right. high colors but i think you know if if what the rules committee is saying is true that they're they're trying to shake up the format keep it diverse by decreasing the number of colors it kind of pushes people to to branch into yeah. other spaces right like you can't you can't just grab all of the same the best staples in the in, at least in the case of atraxa in these four colors and just slap them in a deck and say hey great i've got this powerful commander and all these staples like it forces you to kind of get outside of that a little bit mm-hmm. you know which i, I just I think is cool It'll be exciting to see. a little more uniquely because you know you don't yeah now you're not just playing the staples of those four colors now you get specific into two colors or or three if you had a different one right yeah and i think uh-huh. we we've had a lot of experience with these like lower color count decks yeah and it requires you to be a little more creative and, and dig a little bit deeper to find 
a little more random cards, but yeah. actually end up being really, really cool and powerful. So yeah, I think I think that'll be I think this will be great. I, I yeah, I mean I'm not sad to see to not see an Atraxa again. <laughs> I was honestly. gonna say like how nice does it feel to never have to sit down and play against an Atraxa deck again? <laughs> yeah, I will say, and the other cool thing is Voral the Whole Clade was in the first ever deck I built when I started when I first started playing Magic when I started playing Modern with my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, my buddy helped me build a Simic Evolve deck. And so, you know, doubling a bunch of counters on a creature, and I had like two copies of Oral of the Hulk Glade. So get to play some OG Simic plus one plus one counters again. That sounds great. Yeah, we love it. Yeah. What about you? I, I think would you uh who yeah, if, you replace Atraxa for? Yeah, and I think my brain goes to a similar space. Um kind of in that plus one plus one counter space but mm-hmm. the commander that i i've always thought is really cool and definitely could have a little bit more life behind him is yeah. roalesque apex hybrid okay so he's a four or five human mutant flying trample he costs five mana to cast when it when roalesque enters you put two plus one plus one counters on another creature you can rule okay. so it's it's fine right you put two plus one plus encounters on something it's not the most exciting but it's it's certainly not bad but what i think is really cool about this one is he has a dies trigger so when rolesk dies you proliferate then proliferate again Mm. which that is you know that that can be taken a lot of ways and i think that's why attracts has become so popular is because it has the ability to to kind of be a lot of different things it can be a plus one plus one counters deck it can be an infect poison deck it can be a planeswalker deck right Roalesque can do a similar thing where, yeah, it puts plus one, plus one counters so that the card kind of wants to push you that way. But if you can find cool ways to loop it in and out of the graveyard, which there's plenty of ways to do that, um, you can then just lean into those proliferate synergies and you can proliferate your planeswalkers as your commander dies or yeah. you can get some infect and and proliferate twice. You know, Atraxa does it slowly, but... Rolesque has the potential to do it, you know, maybe even multiple times on a turn cycle. And you can do some pretty crazy yeah. things there because you, you can like proliferate sacrifice things. Yeah, exactly. Sacrifice, bring something back or, you know, like I, I think there's a lot of ways to to spin that to to make it feel similar to what an Atraxa deck would would look like. Yeah. But it does mean you're sacrificing white and black in the case of both of our picks here. For sure, yeah. But interesting that we both went Simic, you know, like... Yeah. I, I think out of all those color combos, I think proliferating or counter things are, are probably strongest in Simic. Like, yeah, maybe- es- especially with some of the new stuff that came out of All yes. Will Be One, you have quite a few proliferate synergies that came out of that set as well. Right, like the new, like, Azuri that's in Simic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that he can like help you proliferate and draw cards, which is cool. So the blue, yeah. the blue dominus does the same kind of thing. Yes, if you proliferate, uh-huh. you proliferate twice, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy with Roalesque because that's yeah. four, that turns into four proliferates on a death. Like I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. I like that a lot. Um, okay, so that's kind of some thoughts on Atraxa. Um, so the next one you said it was uh, Joda the Eternal. Is that right? Or not uh, the the unifier, unifier the, the five the, the okay. five color Joda. Yes. Um. Okay. Um. Well, obviously, you know, five color Joda. You know, just legend cascade, right? Yeah. Um. So I don't know, Q. What do you think? What would be a fun swap if you know now someone has a Joda deck they can't play it anymore? 
and you're going to do something different. What sounds, what sounds cool? What sounds fun? Yeah. So I feel like you got to narrow into what is it that, that Joda's doing? Like you said, it's, it's legendary cascade. So it's, it's a five color deck where people just kind of get to slam all the coolest legends into it, which is, you know, which is awesome. But Joda is really powerful. I can be really scary and get out of hand really fast. He lands it for a turn. He's just exactly. And it is just an all five colors. So same kind of thing as a track. So like you, you end up just putting a lot of the staples in there and then Mm -hmm. pat it with some of your, some other legends and you get a lot of decks that look and feel very similar so, so my pick plays in a similar space, but we're going to drop down some colors. This is a new card coming out of March of the Machine. This is Dejeru mm. and Hazaret. So it is, well, I love this card. I think it's so awesome. Cool. I opened it, the, the Amonkhet frame version of this card, uh, and I love it. Regular listeners of the show know that I am an Amonkhet stan. <laughs> I love that world. <laughs> so all for it. But this actually is not just an Amonkhet, hey, we should play this because it's from Amonkhet. But it, yeah. and I think it actually does similar things to what Joda does, but not quite as efficient. It's kind of yeah. hard to beat the efficiency that is Joda. It's true. But this is a, a five mana, five, four, legendary creature, human god. As long as you have one or fewer cards in your hand, Dejer and Hazaret have vigilance and haste, which is pretty cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, get your car, your, your hand size down and they can get off the line right away. Yeah. And then with a 5-4, Vigilance is not... It, it's pretty significant. Yeah. But whenever it attacks, so it's an attack trigger, Good. you look at the top six cards of your library, you may exile a legendary creature card from among them, put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order, and until the end of turn, you may cast the exiled card without paying its mana cost. Hmm. So this is a similar thing to what Joda does. Joda does, you know, cast a legendary, get a legendary. This one says, cast a Jaren Hazaret, attack, get a legendary. Yeah. You know, like, and, and this one doesn't even have to be lesser converted mana cost. Mm-hmm. Joda wants you to, it, you know, it cascades down to Jaren Hazaret to say, hey, I'm going to swing with my 5 4 and I'm going to slap a, if you want to slap a Eldrazi on the board, great. You don't have to pay it. You don't uh, have to pay it. mana. Avacyn, cost. Uh, yeah, slap an, an Avacyn down. Like, it's, yeah, you cut your colors. And you change the strategy a little bit, but the feel is probably the same thing. You get to play a bunch of cool legends, do some attack triggers. If you can double up attack triggers or you can have multiple combats, you can start going off. You know, I I think there's a lot of possibility here. Yeah, no, I love that a lot. Um, Do you think uh, Jaren Hazret is a sign that Wizards is going to bring back Hellbent? Um, I hope not. It's got. It's just. It's got to just be a callback to the original Hazaret, who yeah. gains abilities. Um, or can can the ability being it can attack, but only if you have you know. I think it's one or fewer. Maybe it's two or fewer for original yeah. Hazaret. I don't remember. Um, but I think yeah, I think that would be what I would say is my recommendation as a replacement would be them. What about you, Logan? Yeah. So I think I got to give some love to one of my favorite decks that I play. So I currently have a Jeddah Ojanin mercenary deck. And Jeddah Ojanin is three mana for, uh, he's a cat mercenary. And he says, whenever he or another legendary creature enters the battlefield under your control, you can pay one green mana. If you do, you make a 2-2 green cat warrior creature token with forest walk. So the reason why I think Jeddah is so awesome, I mean, one, like, 
he only has like 400 decks to his name. It's like nobody's playing Jeddah right now. And I think that he is so underrated and he's really strong. And the thing, like, obviously he cares about legendaries just like Joda does. But the thing that Jeddah can do really well is he can build a board wide pretty quickly by just casting a few legendaries. You're playing one extra mana. You also get a cat. And so then like what my deck does is it's designed to kind of go wide. And then I've got probably like six to seven, eight creatures Mm -hmm. that are all designed to then grow the creatures and like give them base power and toughness, like three, three or five, three or store world gives them set, makes them a seven, seven, like doing things like that to like grow your board out and then make them really big, which Joda has that line of text as well, which is, each other right. creature you control gets plus and plus one for each other legend you have. So right. your board gets huge as you play legends. And I think that this is so similar is that Jeddah can come in totally whenever he or another legend comes in, you're making some extra tokens and then your legends just use those, have those legends row your board and you can build a Bant version of Joda that won't get instantly hated out and just destroyed or, you know, every time he comes down, because even though it can be really strong, you know, Jeddit and a 2-2 cat is a lot less scary than Joda and any other legend you can cast, basically. So, um, like I said, I have this deck personally. I built it as soon as that he was released. I built that deck. I instantly loved yeah. Um, And I think that, again, like going down to Bant, you're still getting a lot of the colors. You're just missing out on black and red. But I still think that there's like there's so many options what you can do in the deck. So love the deck. That's what I would do. I have the deck personally, but if you have a joke mm-hmm. deck, I'd highly suggest or recommend Jetta Ojana Mercenary. Yeah, and if you're missing that red, if you want red, just hop over the Jero and Hats route. You, and, you know, <laughs> only one left out is black. I'm sorry, black. Yeah. You just you don't fit the pie here. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think these first two pretty clean replacements for yeah. the most part. This yeah. next one's a little more finicky. Yuriko mm-hmm. is one of those decks that is really unique in what it does. Yes. Commander Ninjutsu, historically incredibly oppressive. Yes. And no one else does it like that. And so well, I'm not... Why didn't I, they adjust the rules text to say that the Ninjutsu yeah. cost doesn't go up by two as well? Why Why haven't they done that still? I think the Commander would be awesome if that's what it did, but yeah. boy is it is it It's just painful. It's... Oh. But I think there's ways, you know, I, I'm I'm not sad to see that card go. It's not my favorite. <laughs> it's, it, I've been beaten down by it many a time. We but, had a friend that used to have a Yuriko deck that we yeah. crounced on by so often. Oh my gosh. It was, yeah, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard deck to play against. Yeah. But I think there's what, I think there's, I think there's some options here. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, what, what would, if you, what would you replace it with? Yeah. So I, when I look at Yuriko, I think the thing that, at least when from people I've talked to that played the deck, the thing that they like is the flipping off the top and getting just like the huge damage, right? Almost every Yuriko deck plays the the 16 mana cost dragon. Draco, Draco yeah. something, right? Yeah. Um, like all of them play just because just they want to flip it the one time, right? And just dome everybody for 16. So Yeah, or, or huge delve cards. You yes. know, they have high, high CMC. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, obviously you have to get in with a ninja, but even if you only attack with Yuriko and one or two other ones, it's like, you're going to get enough triggers that you're going to be fine. So I decided to look for, like, kind of like a top deck exiling, like, dealing damage. And uh, I found uh, the one that I was thinking about was Hidetsugu Devouring Chaos. So for he's in Rakdos, 
So he's four mana, and his first ability is a single black. You can sacrifice a creature to scry two, which is perfect because the scry lets you stack your deck. But then for three mana and you tap Hidetsugu, you exile the top card of your library. You can still play that card this turn. And then when you exile a card this way, Hidetsugu deals damage equal to the exile card's mana value to any target. So now, obviously, it's not doing it to each opponent like Yuriko does. But I still think you're getting that same feeling of like throwing huge damage off the top. Yeah, flipping him. something and it does yeah. it, it deals some crazy things. Exactly. And I actually really like that he has that sacrifice ability to let you scry to so mm-hmm. that you can actually order your deck the right way. Um, yeah. and I really like it in Rakdos too. And like Hidetsugu is a cool, I like him as a character. He this was the card that had all those different cool arts done. Yeah, the, the neon, the neon ink, like yeah. the four different ones. Yeah. And so I think you have like a lot of good like art options too. Um, totally. But like for me, like if if I were to like ever like Yuriko never really interested me, but if I would ever build her, that's what I'd be prioritizing is just big stuff off the top. And I love that Hidetsugu can do that as well. And it's in yeah. Rakdos. And I'm a red player and I like red better than blue. So Rakdos <laughs> are here, sign me up. <laughs> yeah. I think I think when I saw this, my my gut pushed me a different direction. I you know yeah. I think the top deck manipulation is what a lot of Yuriko players like, sure. but also people you know people love ninjas and they love that you know activating a ninjutsu ability you know pushing in something cool. So I was trying to think of what commanders could do something similar, mm-hmm. and there's a, a a partner pairing of. Kazur, Ruthless Stalker, and Ukima Stalking Shadow. Okay. That I think could do something really cool here. So let's start with Kazur just really what quick. Colors, I think, what colors is it? Um, this would be blue, black, and green. So okay. you get so to keep tie. yeah, so you get to keep all the cards that could go on your Yuri okay. deck, and you're just actually just gonna add a green here. And like the, you know, kind of the reverse the other ones, we actually get to add a color yeah. to do something more here. <laughs> but I'm gonna start with Kazur because I don't think he's as important. He's a four mana three three. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, put a plus one, plus one counter on that creature. So not all that exciting. Hits, get a counter. The one that I think is... If you hit with multiple creatures, do they each get a counter? Whenever a creature you control deals damage to combat damage to a player. So yes, they would all... every creature. Cool. So every creature. Um, But the one that I think is more important here to the the kind of this ninjutsu sneaking stuff in is Ukima, Stalking Shadow. It's one blue, black, two, two. It's a whale wolf. That's really oh, important. One of the that coolest is creature types so cool. ever. <laughs> so cool. Um, but it says Ukima can't be blocked. When Ukima leaves the battlefield, it deals X damage to target player, and you gain X life where X is its power. So if you can, you know, if you know, baseline, you attack you play Ukima and you attack with it, it can't be blocked. So you can activate your ninjutsu on Ukima right away. You can guarantee like that. that your ninjutsu ability is going to trigger because it's it can't be blocked. And then when Okima leaves, you automatically get a deal two damage to something. That's cool. Um, or to to a player. It's not to anything, but it's to yeah. a player. And you gain two life. So right off the bat, you have this cool blue black whale wolf sneaking in, guaranteed to be able to trigger ninjutsu if that's what you want to do. But if you can also make it big, you can do those big splashy damage that Yuriko can do if you can find a way to make Ukima bigger 
and then you bounce it back after it's gotten bigger and you ninjitsu something in. Like, yeah. I think there's some cool dynamics to this that yeah. feel similar to Yuriko without having to do this commander ninjutsu dance that is really can be kind of frustrating for people to play against, honestly. Yeah. And a lot of, and like most, like all Yuriko decks are going to play all those like one mana, two mana, hey, this creature can't be blocked. And yeah, so these little evasive things that right. can so get bigger with Kazur. Yep, and that's what I was going to say, is Kazur could just grow all of those guys now. Yeah. So now you're just getting in for, like, unblockable damage, and then every now and then you can ninjutsu something in. Like, I actually think that's a really good... I, I like that a lot for, like, the attacking side of Yuriko. You have Ukima and Kazur, and then for, like, that the damage side, you can do, like, the Hidetsugu and, like, throw the, you know, throw the damage, get the card still. Yeah, I like that yeah. a lot. So pick, pick the side of the commander yeah. that you like and grab it and run with it, you know? Yeah. I, I think that's... And I think that's what we'll find as we go through all of these is like they a lot of these really popular commanders do so many things on one card. Yeah. But a lot of our replacements kind of take a portion of that. Mm-hmm. And you have to you have to pick what you like, what side of a card that you like yeah. more. Um, which I think is is a, a fun little dynamic to play with. Yeah. And like and obviously we also know that there are other good popular commanders more so than the ones we're talking about that would be good. Like um, Satoru Umezawa, right? Demir yeah. cares about ninjutsu. We're just trying to like think of some like other cool, fun options. Like, I mean, with this tweet coming out, it's like, you know, we know that there's, you know, lots of really popular commanders, but like, that's one thing that like you, that you, I feel like you and I like really try to not do is just play the yeah. most obvious, the most popular. Like it's fun to like find the ones that, aren't just the best and find the ones that can still do the thing, but in a different way, you know, and the less popular because like how much fun is it to like sit down at a table when it, like when you sit down against like, I don't know, just like imagine like sitting next down to like Hidetsugu, Kazur and Ukima, Dejero and Hazret, Jedet Ojanin. Like I guarantee you, like those four commanders have never sat down in a pod together, you know, like, yeah. and I like, just cool. well, yeah, like I like the idea of like finding the ones that are like a little less popular to like, freshen up your gameplay makes it really fun yeah in fact i think all the commanders that we've we have here that we're gonna that we're gonna talk about probably as replacements aren't even the, in the top 500 most played commanders in edh rec yeah which means that that's where, state... where we start to look because like we like we yeah. start to look like after like the 500 so we know these pretty well well and it means you're safe from any you know maybe the rc does this again and they start you're they're taking out those popular ones like yeah you're i i would bet you anything that you're safe with any of these picks we're giving you today <laughs> you're going to be pretty safe yeah 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 I, that's a fair that's a fair yeah. bet so okay. the, the next one that they that they are nixing is is ishin two heavens as one yeah um new commander new? relatively new that has just skyrocketed in popularity because it's very honest, versatile like, yeah and if we're being honest out of all the ones we've talked about so far i think he's probably my favorite like pretty I, cool card he's pretty sweet and he has yeah. super cool art especially the one where he looks like a uh, jiraiya from naruto um, like his art looks exact and Jiraiya is like he's Jiraiya and then Shikamaru. I know you haven't watched Naruto. Yeah, I I've <laughs> Logan and I are both pretty big anime fans, but I, I've I've yet to to breach into the Naruto world. Yeah. At, at some point I, I will, but I didn't grow up on Naruto, so I just haven't I haven't gone back to it yet. Yeah, and I only watched it. My my wife, that was like that's her favorite anime is Naruto. So she had me watch the whole thing. So there's any Naruto listeners out there. Ishin, that Jiraiya Ishin art, just so cool. Um, but because Jiraiya and then Shikamaru, those are my two favorite characters in Naruto. So very cool art. But keep going, Q. Yeah, but I just like you were saying, like the, the, he has a really cool card. 
and th- but this one's really versatile. And so it's like, what, what can you replace with this? And I, I was, I've been thinking about it since I read yeah. that tweet and just like racking my brain. What no one else really does this. I think that's why Asian became yeah. so popular so fast and no one really does this kind of thing. So instead of doubling your combat triggers, what if you just mimic that by doubling your combats? Mm, okay. Because if you can take multiple combats, it's as if you doubled your combat trigger, yeah, right? That's true. So, and but not a lot of commanders even do that. But the one that I I think of kind of right off the bat is Ryu Storm's Edge, also oh, from yeah. also from the same set from Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. It's a four mana three three first strike human samurai. Whenever a samurai or warrior you control attacks alone, untap it. If it's the first combat phase of the turn, there is an additional combat phase after this phase. So it requires you to to maybe get a little bit more niche and, and look at samurais and warriors, but there's a yeah. lot of great options there. And you can ultimately, like, you attack with Ryu, get an extra combat, attack with a different samurai, get an extra combat, attack with a warrior, get an extra combat. Mm-hmm. And then on the that final extra combat, you just attack with all of them, and you get their triggers again, and boom, you've now replicated Ishin to a certain extent. It's not the same, but it, it kind of gets to a similar destination, I think. Yeah. You, you know, ultimately, two combats is two combat attack triggers. Ishin's one combat with two attack triggers. I mean, sim- similar. It's yeah, close. That's pretty good. Um, I think I've been trying to, like, think about what I would do to, to swap Ishin. And, like, as I've thought a lot about, like, some of the different legendary creatures, like, obviously there's lots of legendary creatures that have hey, whenever this creature attacks or whenever you attack, do this thing, right? Um, But there's not, like, a ton in, like, multiple colors. Like, I was trying to, like, find, like, hey, if you're in Ishin, like, you get Mardu, so you have lots of options for those attack triggers and everything. So I really wanted to try to think, and I think where I landed was actually doing um, a partner pair. You did partner with on the last one. I'm doing a Friends Forever combo. Um, we love friends forever friends forever is is good um now if you want to use the uh the stranger things art it's hopper and 11 which that works well together but pretty cool uh, pretty cool but i do like the in magic versions probably a little bit more um Mm -hmm. so these in magic versions are sophina spear sage deserter which just incredible name by the way Mm -hmm. um and then cecily haunted mage um so sophina Four mana, four fourth menace that says whenever she attacks, investigate once for each non-token attacking creature. So I like that she brings in the side of like you want lots of creatures to be attacking, and then she can give you like that card draw. Because like I know that every Ishin deck is gonna play stuff that hey, whenever you attack, draw a card. So you can draw two cards. Like there's gonna be multiple versions of that in every Ishin deck. And so I like yeah. that she can kind of replenish your hand, but rewards you for attacking with a bunch of different creatures. And and then the other one, Cecily, um, she helps get you just a few more colors, but your maximum hand size is 11. And then whenever she attacks, you draw a card, lose a life. And then if you have 11 or more cards in your hand, you may cast an internal sorcery spell from your hand without paying its mana cost. I don't think I'm worrying too much about the free casting with it. I'm more mm-hmm. looking at the attack triggers. So my thought with this deck is that Ishin decks, like every card just needs to have an attack trigger when you attack. So my thought is just get as many things on the board that say whenever you attack and just try to get a whole bunch of them. 
Um, well, if you can do that and draw some cards in those attacks and get up to 11, 11 cards, maybe you have some extra combat spells. In maybe you have some extra and combat spells. <laughs> you, and then you've now built Ishin like, like the same same way I was talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think that's kind of how I would do it. And plus, like, these are cards that I, like I said, I really like the in-magic versions of them. Yeah, the, the universe within yeah. on all of these have been really, really cool. I it I like them so much that I... I built one of the I've built one of the Stranger Things universes within Othelm. Yeah. Just because I, I think they're so cool. They're I, I I love the secret layers for what they are. If you're yeah. a fan of the IP. Yeah. Like I own the Stranger Things like, one because I like yeah. Stranger Things, but I also really it's a great like show. Art. Yeah. But I it, it feels I, I like that you have the option. I like that they've given us the option between the two, which I think is great. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's what I would do. You get to keep all the Mardu colors and you get to add blue. And then just get as many non like non token creatures attacking and just trigger as many things on attack as you as you can. So that's I think that's what I would do. Yeah. Um, all right, Q. So I know this next one. This one I, I I'm curious to hear what you have to say because this mm. is the deck that you have actually used to build that you took apart because for I think probably the same reason that the rules committee has banned it and it's just so strong and so popular. Uh, but it's Prosper Tomebound. So what's your yeah. for replacing Prosper? Prosper has a, a special place in my heart that I if I could if I could <laughs> have a wish go out into the universe, it would be that Prosper was like half a step less powerful than he is because his art is awesome. Yeah. The, his creature typing is so cool. Like he really was this perfect confluence for me of like everything I was looking for. But I tried him in multiple varieties. You know, I, I I took the pre-con, upgraded it, insanely powerful. Tried to change it into a burn deck, insanely powerful. Like it just, every iteration was just so strong that I, I just ended up canning it ultimately. Yeah. But since then, we've gotten a lot more commanders that do that play in this space that you can take, you know, you can take Prosper and probably out of this whole list, these are the cleanest replacements for what Prosper does. They all do a very similar thing in, you know, casting spells from exile and do yep. something, you know, the, but the one that I really like that I is also a new card. I think we are going to be talking about a couple new ones today, but this is Pia Nalar console of revival. That's so one that I thought about too. Like when I, as soon as you mentioned Prosper, I see this is, I think where my mind went first is I really like this new card. Yeah, it's 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 great. So Prosper, you know, cast from exile, make a treasure. Pia says whenever you play a land from exile or cast a spell from exile, so same thing as Prosper, mm -hmm. you create a 1-1 one, one Thopter with flying. Um, and Thopters have haste. She she gives Thopters mm -hmm. haste. So instead of making a treasure, you make a 1-1. One, one. Yep. Now Prosper also flips a card on your end step and is an engine in its own right. I, I think I if I could redesign Prosper, it would simply just be to take that line off and just exile, make a treasure. I think mm -hmm. I think that like you know, and so that's kind of what Pia is. And truly, you can build your own Prosper, B B Y O P, because <laughs> you you get any kind of of sacrifice, like you know the the sacrificial altars of magic. Yeah, you know your Phyrexian altar, your um, oh why Ashnod's altar. Yep. And you sack that Thopter, it's basically a treasure. Yeah. So Alter, it's like or play like uh, uh oh my gosh, what's the three mana gives your stuff um improvise? 
Yeah, the 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 one from Kaladesh. I know what you're talking about. I don't know the name off the top of my head. Gosh, how am I blanking on this card? You keep going. I'll I'll find it. But yeah, it's. I mean, it. There's so many ways that you can turn these little artifacts into mana generation, if you would like to. If that's the part of Prosper that you love, but also if you just love casting things from exile and doing kind of wacky things from exile, you can make a big, you know, a big Thopter army and just start attacking people. I think that's one of the spaces that Prosper struggled a little bit was getting aggressive. So Pia just gives you a really easy way to do that. Um, you drop the black, but you gain white. And so you get access to some different some, some different colors. This would be, if I had a Prosper deck today, I think this is exactly where I would shift it over to is yeah. into Pia. Yeah. Uh, inspiring Statuary. That's the card. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, yeah, dude, I love that. Um, so I think I'm actually also going Boros um, because my choice is uh commander uh what's commander liara porter um so my thought for her so what she said so five mana five three whenever you attack spells you cast from exile this turn cost x less to cast where x is the number of players being attacked so if you attack three players anything you cast from exile is going to cost three less so in a sense you're getting ramp like treasures but it's just on the turn that you're doing it so you can't stack it up but it could also be one or two, just depending on how many you how many people you attack. And then you exile the top X cards of your library until end of turn, you may cast spells from among those exiled cards. I think she is insanely strong. She is a little bit more expensive. You have to attack, but mm-hmm. it, she has to attack. So once you get her down, you can attack, exile a bunch of stuff. If you attack three different people, so like if you myriad some stuff and you attack all three players... Now you're getting a three mana reduction on all of and on anything you're going to exile, and you're going to exile um, at least three cards. Um, so you exile three, it costs three less. So you're getting the ramp, you're getting his exile. Really, really cool. I and yeah. she, she, I think a lot of Prosper decks don't like end the game, they just kind of like, yep, doing their thing. So, Commander can actually like get in combat and get some, you know, work done, which I really like. Yeah, I love it. Um, in fact, I think three mana reduction can be better than a treasure at times, right? Yeah. You can do some crazy you things. Build your deck right, do a lot yep. of artifacts, like yeah. There's some crazy stuff you can do with that. I love that. Yeah. Um this next one that they that they have, you know, put to the can this is a big one. This yeah. is a, a big heavy hitter. This is Corefold. Cool. Um, Mr. Sacrifice, Mr. Draw, plus plus I mean. Yeah. Boy, this card is, is a one house. of the str- like out of all the ones like like none is always like the most popular. He could be one of the strongest commanders. That, like if you yeah. see the table, Corvold might be one of the strongest. You you can build Corvold anyway, and boy, it's gonna it's gonna do something. So, yeah. what would what would be your pick? You Corvold's Corvold's axed. Who who takes the place? Yeah. So I think if it was me, I would drop green and I would mm-hmm. add blue, and I would go. This is a somewhat newer card uh from brothers war but ashnod the uncaring so she mm-hmm. uh two mana and then grixis so five mana for a one four death touch um which i like that she could be a good blocker but whenever you activate an ability of an artifact or creature that isn't a mana ability if one or more of those permanents were sacrificed to activate it you can copy the ability and then you can choose new targets for the copy now, if you know anything about me, I, I'd like to copy things. I like to populate tokens. I like to copy spells. Copying just feels really 
good to me in magic. It feels like you're getting a lot of value for what you're doing. Yeah. And so I really like Ashnod for that. And the thing is, like, I feel like more often than not, most of the things that like when Corval is sacrificing a bunch of stuff, like sure, he has some treasures that you're sacrificing for mana to grow him. But oftentimes you're like making other people sacrifice things or you're sacrificing like like a blood token or a clue or, you know, things. Yeah, yeah. And I like that a lot because now Ashnod's letting you copy that thing. And she doesn't have a limit on how many times you can do that in a turn. So if you, you know, if you have, if you crack four clues, you're, you know, you're drawing eight cards, which is absolutely wild. Like, I think she is really strong. She definitely doesn't have like the bot mm-hmm. that Corval does because Corval attacks and gets bigger. But I think she gives you a lot of value. Um, and I really, I, I think she's really cool. And like not too much, she's still like a little newer. So not a lot of people know about her. So I, I, I would go Ashnod the Uncaring. But um, yeah, what do, you, what do you think, Q? Yeah, it's a cool pick. I like it. The The one that I go to, um, similar energy to Corvold. This is yeah. Mazarek Kral Death Priest. Mm. A five mana two two insect shaman with flying. Whenever a player, so anybody, sacrifices another permanent, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. So Corvold does. Corvold has a similar line of text, but for himself. Yeah, it's just you know you're gonna you lose the card draw of Corvold. You know, I don't think you're ever going to find a card that does all in one like Corvold does. Right. And so you're going to have to sacrifice something here. But if you like the fact that Corvold gets big and can can really get in the zone and get attacking, Mazarek does a very similar thing, but can get your whole team bigger. And also when opponents sacrifice things. So if you are... Uh, a masochist and you like playing stuff, <laughs> you know, you like playing your dictative Erebos and your um, grave packs and stuff like that. You sacrifice your own stuff, make opponents sacrifice stuff. It can get, you know, your team is getting big fast and you are hitting hard. Yeah. So if that's the side of Corvold you like, I think Mazarek is a great slot in replacement for, yeah. for him. Yeah, and I'd say that there's probably a high majority, a high number of Corval decks that play Kazarek. So you probably just, you know, move Kazarek up to the front, drop the red, add some more green-black sacrifice stuff and plus one plus one counter things, and you're good to go, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So for the next one, um, again... This is a a tricky one. Yeah, this one's one's really unique in what it is. Yes, Um. And I do think like it's an interesting. I think we've seen this one's not necessarily like super new, you know. Just it was just last year, but it does feel like there's a lot of these commanders that are like relatively new that have really gone up there. Yeah. Uh, this is a uh, Shorakai Genesis Engine. Um, really cool card. I yeah, like Shorakai a lot. Yeah, Shorakai is pretty cool. Um, I think he definitely gets built in different ways. I think we kind of saw like when we were talking about um. Like Yuriko can be kind of built, you know, depending on like how you want to play her and things like that. I think mm-hmm. he definitely has that. I think Shorkai has it a little bit as well. So Q, what do you, what would you do? How would you, what which way would you, repl- like how would you replace Shorkai? Yeah, so I, I think I think part of why Shorkai is so popular is because it was in the pre-con and Katori, for whatever reason, people didn't like Katori as much as Shorkai, which I think is a shame. I think Katori is really cool. So that's like my, my like, side pick is like hey just grab your katori and and go back to business because i really like the vehicles aspect of it i think it's cool that i like i think the idea of having like 
a Gundam basically as your commander leading an army of other vehicles is really cool. Yeah. So I went that way. I went the vehicle side and I think a vehicle's commander that's really good that doesn't get a lot of attention is Astor, Bearer of Blades. It's a four mana four four. When Astor enters the battlefield, look at the top seven cards of your library. You may reveal an equipment or vehicle card from among them, put it in your hand, and put the rest in the bottom of your library in a random order. Equipment you control have equip one. Vehicles you control have crew one. So Astor comes in, digs, finds you a vehicle. Your vehicles are cheap to crew. I, you know, I don't know if that's really what everyone's doing with Shorakai, but I want it to be what everyone's doing with Shorakai is slamming vehicles. I love, I think vehicles are super cool and Astor makes it, you know, makes you able to crew your Parhelions and crew, you, you know, these the consulate dreadnoughts and stuff like that. So easy and just One get in the zone. Wild. Yeah. It crew one is great. So that's, that's my pick is lean into your vehicles, grab Astor and, and go to the races. I like it. Um, so the one that I chose, the one I was thinking about was, I think that like, I think the other reason that people play Shorakai is because for one and tapping him, you mm-hmm. to a discard one, right? Yeah. Um, so I wanted to kind of just, like stay with that, that looting effect. Um, and I, there's actually one that I still really like. That's also in Azorius and it's Yambi yeah. esteemed speaker. Mm. Um, so she's only two mana for a two, one with flash. When she enters, you can return another creature you control to your hand. If you do, you gain life equal to its mana cost. So, you know, can protect something, which I like. But then, but for three mana and tapping her, you discard a legendary card and you draw two. Um, So I know that one of the ways that you can like build Shurikai is you do the drawing, but you get a discard. So you can kind of do like an Azorius reanimator thing, which is really cool. And Nyambi does that as well. You just, you're just specifically doing it with legends, which I really like. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's very similar. Like you're yeah. discarding and drawing cards. Like that's. I, I'm sure you have the restriction of a legendary, but you can. There's so many legendaries now that you're probably already playing five or six in your Shorakai deck already, just by accident. Yeah. Probably playing your Emery's and you know at, at your commanders that fit in that same space. Yeah. So I feel like that's a. I feel like you could find a pretty clean transition over there if if you're really just looking for that like looting effect in the command zone. Yeah, I think so too. And it, it and I like that it introduces the reanimation side to it. Um, yeah. Because I, I really like doing like reanimation stuff. And doing it in Azorius feels really unique and different. And so I, I think, and she's only two mana. So it's like, even if she dies once, you get her back again. Like, and now you do have to discard first before drawing, where Shortcut you can draw first, then discard. But still, I, I think that Nyambi is a really easy swap over that if you're not wanting yeah. to about changing colors and all this other stuff. Add a few more legends, play Neombi, and I think you're going to be set and ready to go. And I think it can still be a really strong deck. So that's yeah. what I would say. Yeah, Astro definitely pushes you to those other colors. But something I was thinking about as we we're talking is, you know, uh, Shorakai is making is making pilots to make things easier to crew, and Astro just does that on its own. So like, I I, I think these these two picks are actually incredibly like they're mirrors of like or opposite sides of what Shorakai does but actually replicate them really, really well, which I think is cool. And this, so the next one that is on this list, which is also a commander that we've played against a number of times. This one is just a, it's a a, guy who had the Yuriko deck as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
but this one's like this one does feel kind of like a, a commander classic at this point because it's been out for a while this is i mean and some people are going to be like oh it only came out five years ago but but i mean really like commander's a new game over the past five years so this is this is moldrotha moldrotha the um the absolute engine where you're just going to cast <laughs> a bunch of stuff from your graveyard each turn yep. um no one does it like Muldrotha, truly. But I think I think we can find some fun ways to swap it out. What would what would you do, Logan? You, you kick Muldrotha is now kicked to the grave itself and needs to find a predecessor. Yeah. So the one that will take her place, the one that I've been thinking about a lot, uh, and I bet most people don't know who this is, but this is Kaga Shadow Archdruid. So she's a four mana one four elf druid. She's an uncommon from Baldur's Gate. Um, but oh she's... yeah, and it's like they're sitting on top of the wall, right? Like, yes, is that the... yeah, yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So she, whenever she attacks, she get it, she gains death touch until, until end of turn, and then you mill two cards. So you know she can attack. You mill a few things. She gets death touch, so she can try to stay alive. But it says once during each of your turns. You may play a land or cast a permanent spell from among cards in your graveyard that were put there from your library this turn. So does a similar thing to Moldrotha where it lets you get stuff out of your graveyard, but she just has some restrictions. You have to mill it that turn and it can only be one land or one permanent. But I actually really like that because the problem with Moldrotha decks is that if you see it just like filling up with like, seal of cleansing and spore frog and like all of these things that they're just going to recast every single turn yeah so hard to get underneath that if you just don't happen to have graveyard removal well and it's a really repetitive play pattern that gets kind of unfun yeah a little pretty quickly at least in our minds it does and so it's like once you see it like happen over and over again it's like okay but kaga you lose blue and then she so she's like it's she's definitely just a lower powered version of moldrotha but she can mm-hmm. still do Moldrotha's thing, which I really like. So if you have a creature that like can come in and has like a good ETB or whatever, and then you can sacrifice it, you know, or I guess it has to be put there from your library. Is that what I said? Yeah. So yeah. you have to mill, but like black green can mill really easily. Um, like I said, I just think it, I, I think it presents a yeah. different challenge and it makes it, you're definitely not like the target like you are with Moldrotha. Um, well, that's, that's why I said like, no one does it like Moldrotha yeah. does truly like that, 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 the scale of its abilities is kind of wild. So I think I think you'd be hard pressed to find another graveyard centric commander that can generate as much value as a Muldrotha can. Yeah. Um, I had built Kaga Shadow Archdruid in one of the drafts that we did of Battle for Baldur's Gate. And that was kind of like when I, I found her originally. I was like, I actually really like this card. Yeah. Uh, and I think she can secretly be pretty good. Um, you can mill a bunch of stuff. And then get one of those things back. And I think it's great. And you can do lands or, you know, a thing. But I think it's great. So that would be my pick. Just kind of doing the same thing Moldrotha is doing, just on a little bit of a less powerful scale, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, I agree with that. My take... Yeah, my take was a little bit different. Let's. My take was, you've been playing Moldrotha since 2018 or whenever it came out. And you're like, you know what? This was a great run. I want to build Moldrotha, but not in any of the colors in Moldrotha. I'm going to go Boros. And I, you know, (laughs) I've got to give a shout out to, you know, he's one of my all time favorite characters, Quintorius Loremaster. Yeah. Is that that new Quintorius you're talking about? 
Okay. Yeah, this is this is March the Machine, um, Quintorius, five mana three five elephant cleric has vigilance beginning your end step, exile target non creature non land card from your graveyard, make a three two spirit creature token, pay okay. three tap it sacrifice a spirit card exile with Quintorius you can cast that ter- cast it this turn without paying its mana cost, so. And then it would get exiled if it goes back to the graveyard. So you can't do the loops that Muldrotha can do. But this is a way to, you know, be able to cast something from your graveyard rep- like repeatedly. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of Muldrotha players end up looping some kind of enchantment or artifact or something from uh, your graveyard. So I, I mean, I'll be honest. It's very different. We're we're taking a a pretty big step away. But if you like ca- if you like doing things from your graveyard, if you want to shake up, I think Quintorius is a great shake up to just to try something new. Doesn't draw as much attention, and you know, can uh, can let you try out graveyard in Boros instead of in Sultai. Yeah, and plus you get to play the good elephant boy, and you're happy. Oh, yeah, so. everyone's favorite <laughs> elephant archaeologist. We we uh, big fans here. So th- this next one, I-, I feel like we've said this a lot, but this is also a tricky one to find replacements for. Um, this is uh, Kalia. Mm. Um, one of the which, oldest command, like true EDH commanders, right? Yeah, this this is really one of the, the progenitors of the format. Came out in the first commander precon decks, I believe it did. Yeah. Um, and is... It is the oldest one on on our list here of the cards that are getting next. Yeah. Um, but Callie is the one that, you know, it attacks. You can put a big thing, you know, an angel, demon, or dragon in attacking with Kalia. Incredibly terrifying yeah. because you <laughs> you never know what's going to happen when a Kalia attacks. Yeah. So I feel like that's kind of the energy that we need to find to, re- to replace Kalia is that same kind of like, it's attacking what's going to happen kind of thing. So w- what do you think, Logan? Like what, what matches the energy of a, of a Kalia? Yeah. I, I think this one is hard because very like tribal or typal as they're now. Yeah. Typal. Yeah. You no. Know? Um, so if you're doing something a little different, I do want to give a quick shout out. I was thinking about, there's a new card from the Lord of the Rings, Elven precon called certain the ship, right? Um, mm-hmm. That he can, depending on how you and your table votes, you can either draw cards or you can put a permanent from your hand on the battlefield whenever he ETBs or attacks. Give some similar vibes, but I you don't really have control over it as much. Yeah, and so I I, I was that was just like an honorable mention. But I think the and one- if we if we know one thing about playing against a Kalia style deck. If I had the opportunity to vote to give that player five cards or slam something on the board, I'd probably give them five cards instead right. of slamming something on the board. So now I actually will say my other choice is kind of the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because there aren't very many commanders that just let you put things in a play. No. You know, no, it, yeah, Kali is very unique in that yeah, sense. Like you can play an Ilharg, but the thing is, it goes back to your hand. Mm-hmm. So what I decided to do is I went for swapping red for blue and i went bane lord of darkness so four mana five to god from Baldur's gate and as he does say as long as your life total is less than or equal to half your starting life total he has indestructible which is nice because kalia always gets blown up so always giving, as you you got to so giving bane a little bit of protection is nice 
But he says, whenever another non-token creature you control dies, target opponent may have you draw a card. If they don't, you may put a creature card with equal or lesser toughness from your hand onto the battlefield. So a little little funny, a little weird. You know, he's a little quirky, but mm-hmm. I like his ability to put things into play. Um, yeah. Because the thing is, it's like, if they don't let you put into play, you're drawing the card, which is like sometimes like not just as good, right? But like the more cards you have in hand, eventually like if you have ways to punish people for drawing cards or whatever, like, then people will start like yeah. the play. So those and things, cool, some cool politics. Maybe yeah. you can try to convince someone to let you do something. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that like maybe at first, like early game, they'll let you put things in because your creatures are going to be small. So some, the next thing that comes out has to be smaller. Whereas Kali mm-hmm. just lets you put in whatever, right? But that's right. Kali was just she was just so strong, and she would get targeted because of that. Is so strong. I played. Yeah. I have a friend that plays a Kali deck still, and you know gonna have to change it now <laughs> yeah 10 10 years later or whatever it is still just as threatening and yeah. just as scary because you know the the threats that i can put in have only gotten more and more powerful over time right so i like bane that he gives you like yeah politic a little bit he's not quite as strong but he can still like if you get into a little bit of a later game like you can find things like weirdly with like smaller toughness to trigger and try to get like a bigger creature that actually might be be have just like low toughness yeah um, and like there's some like cool shenanigans you could do like messing around with that toughness stuff so i i think bane lord of darks would be an interesting build that's not you know full just crossover from kalia but i think could be still pretty fun and you still have white and black so you can still play a lot of your angels or demons in that deck too so yeah yeah absolutely i, I this you know, I agree that this one's really tough. The one that comes to my mind, um, a little bit of a, you know, it's a little bit of a rogue commander because it's a rogue, <laughs> um, a little bit of a rogue pick. It's you're going to have to drop red, but it's a it's a Warhammer 40k card called. And I apologize to any 40k fans if I mispronounce this. Nam Shai Marad. Oh, it's a sweet. Yeah, it's really cool. It's so it's four mana. It's Orzov. So just white and black. Three mana or four mana three three human rogue has the ability whenever Nam deals combat damage to a player, you may have that player return target permanent card from their graveyard to their hand. If you do, that player chooses a permanent card in your graveyard and you put it onto the battlefield under your control. I love that. So it's not Kalia level attack and do something, but maybe that's a blessing because like we've said, Kalia can be really scary really fast and you have to deal with it. So Nam allows you to to politic a little bit, try to attack somebody. Maybe they don't have blockers. You can get in. They take a card from their graveyard. If you can manage your graveyard appropriately, you can have it, you know, be to a, a space where basically anything they pick is bad for the rest of the table. So you don't get you don't get that immediate Kalia damage on the attack, but it does a similar thing where it can put some really big and scary things onto the battlefield relatively easily that can then attack the next turn, you know? And it's, it's and depending on like your table, like it's, and we always make this joke, but uh, one of the guys who plays with us, Jake, if you give him any value to like, like, if you give him just any like little like treat, 
he will do whatever you want. So if you, I'm gonna, if, I'm gonna put this on the record. If Jake ever <laughs> runs for office, go run and hide because he will make a deal <laughs> with anybody that walks in his office. My goodness, <laughs> there is nothing that drives me more nuts than Jake's terrible politicking abilities in the game. Despite him claiming, well, it's always good for me. It's like, yeah, it might be good for you right now, but it's terrible for the table. So say no, have some guts, and let's go. Let's fight this thing out. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. So depending on like who you're playing with, and it kind of yeah. just, like, and it's interesting. Like both of us, I think we kind of had like we ended up choosing more like politic. Like you kind of need like you can politic a little bit because I think that's like how you get things into the onto the battlefield for free nowadays. Like. You don't just attack. It takes a it takes a lot more work than it, <laughs> than it does with Kalia for exactly. sure. Exactly. They they I I think the RC has kind of finally learned. Okay, Kalia was really strong, so we're gonna we're gonna take her out for a bit. Let and let some politics reign, which I think is fun. So yeah, I think those, yeah. I think those are good choices. I like that a lot. Yeah, I I agree. It's again, it is a tough one, but I think this last one that's getting replaced is one that. I think I think there's some there's some good replacements here. So Ooh, this is this is this a is, tough one for me because I, I I've actually looked to build this guy before. Yeah, um, four color Omnath. Yeah, most recent Omnath. No, not most recent. No, we oh, have five color Omnath recent. now. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Gonna, the Locus oh, of them. Creation, the white, red, blue, green Omnath. Mm-hmm. The one that has been banned in a lot of formats, and I wish <laughs> would continue to get banned in more. But I guess we check another one off the list hey, here with Commander. Um. Yeah. Cute. Absolute what, what would house. You, yeah. What? How would you? What would you do instead of four color Omnath? And I think prefacing with like we understand four color lands is definitely one of the reasons why he's really popular, right? Yeah. And the and you know black land based decks is probably the black is probably the worst color at this. I would say maybe blue. Like, well, blue, I think blue is actually my my pick has blue. I think blue actually has some really cool land synergies. So the one that, that I picked, but I, I guess what Logan was saying is it four color lands, yeah. so good, really tough to replace that. Like yeah. I think that's why it's a... it, Yeah, it's why it's so popular is because it has four colors. You get to play all the best lands cards and you get to play all the coolest lands, right? Like it's certainly we certainly understand why it's so popular, but we here out of the box really find value in stepping back the number of colors you play, putting restrictions on yourself and finding some things. So the one that I think is really cool that I've thought about building, it, it was on the table until I decided to do Quintorius as my land deck. This is Tatiova Steward of Tides. It's a green, green, blue, three, three, merfolk, druid. Land creatures you control have flying. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, if you control seven or more lands, up to one target land you control becomes a 3-3 elemental with haste. It's still a land. So play lands, turn your lands into flying serpent monster elemental things and get in there. You know, it, it, it we're not reinventing the wheel here. I'm right. just giving you a cool landfall lands commander that I think should see some more play. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't do a lot of the same things that Omnath does outside of incentivizing you to play a lot of lands, which is what Omnath does. Right. Um but I, I think it's really cool. It's, you know, it's an uncommon, it's beautiful art, both at stained glass form and this one. And turning your lands into creatures is, is fun and cool. And I would be happy to get run over by an army of 
three, three elemental lands, um, as opposed to just getting valued out by, uh, a, by four color Omnath. I, I I'm a big fan of Tatiova. Yeah. And but not, not the Dominaria original Dominaria Tatiova, which is pretty much the same thing as, you know, as Omnath, which is play yeah. lands, get a bunch of value really fast, you know? Yeah. And you've also got the new Joriel voice of Zalfir. Yeah, I also thought about that one. Yeah, I think that would also be a fun one to swap it for. The similar things, you know, it it makes your lands into a into a creature, Mm -hmm. and that one when it hits, you draw a card. When Mm -hmm. lands deal damage, you draw a card. So I think Joriel or Tatiova are great replacements if you want to get a little bit aggressive with your lands. Yeah. So as I tried to think about it, I I went back and forth. Honorable mention for this one: Borborygmos and Fibblethip. Partially just because they're so cool as a partner pairing, but I just, they're a very different kind of guys, two eyes. You know what I mean? A very different kind of a lands build. So I did end up choosing, but I did choose. This is from March, the machines aftermath. This is Rocco street chef. Um, He is, when I was trying to think about it, I think that of his four colors for Omnath, I think blue is the weakest personally when it comes to those colors for lands. So I went Naya with Rocco. So three mana, two, four. At the beginning of your end step, each player exiles the top card of their library. Until your next end step, each player may play the card they exiled this way. So you get to access something, but you're giving a little bit of help to other people too. So gaining a little good favor, which I like. But the cool part, whenever a player plays a land from exile or casts a spell from exile, you put a counter on target creature and create a food token. So this guy's actually really cool. Um, and four color on that has a lot of abilities, right? He enters, he draws you a card. First land, you gain life. Second, you get mana. Third land that turn, you get to burn things. Rocco's not doing all of that, but doing some similar stuff. At your end step, yeah. exile a card. So not drawing you a card, but you get to play that card until your next turn. Pseudo card draw. Pseudo card draw, right? And then, but whenever anybody plays that thing, you get a food token and you get to put a counter on something. So you get to grow your creature, which can, you know, eventually be similar to dealing four damage to each opponent or whatever. But then you're also getting the food, which is life gain for every time you sacrifice it. So I actually think Rocco is really cool. I hadn't really thought about him too much. And then I was watching a loading ready run game recently. Yeah. Ben um, Ulmer. Is it Ben Ulmer? Yeah, Ben Ulmer. Yeah, he was playing Rocco. And I actually got like really fascinated by him. I was like, this guy's really cool. Yeah. It it reads, it didn't read that exciting at first, but watching it play out, I, I saw I watched the same video and I was I had the same reaction, like, well, this this guy's kind of cool. Like I didn't think he was cool, but he's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. He's got some cool art. He's a street chef. Now yeah. he doesn't feeding, really feeding the people, cleaning up the streets. Yeah. No, he doesn't really have anything about lands on him, right? He he doesn't get a payoff for it whenever like for playing multiple lands in a turn or something, right? But what I like about this, but if they're coming from exile, they, yeah. it matters. Yeah, and so if you play some of the like you know the hey play multiple lands a turn, right? Um, play an exploration or um, what's I'm totally blanking on her name. The three mana girl that lets you play two extra lands every turn. Um, wow, I'm totally blanking on what her name is. You know yeah, I'm... me too. I was thinking of Oracle of Moldiah was the one that came to my mind, but um, yeah, it's a Kamigawa card. Can't think yep. of it. I, I, yeah, we'll, I don't... <laughs> we'll think of it in a second. But play some ways to play extra lands, and so then in your hand, you get to play your land, 
And then whenever you exile some stuff off off the top of your library, you could also play those. So in a way, you can kind of play build like a pseudo landfall deck with a commander yeah. that doesn't have landfall on it, which I actually think is pretty fun and unique. Yeah, that's cool. And I like that you're you're helping the table a little bit by giving them a card, but you're getting all the value for putting counters on your creatures. Um on um yeah because it's just on a creature you control and then make you a bunch of food which can gain you a bunch of life um so rocco would be what i would do i actually think he's really cool and i think he would be a really interesting unique lands deck without you know just saying landfall on it and so yeah that would be my choice and i think it'd be really cool and unique and fun and different so that's that'd be my pick yeah, uh, yeah, I love it. Azusa is then it came Azusa, to my yeah, yeah, yep. my goodness. <laughs> yeah, no, Rocco's Rocco's a cool pick. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. Um. So okay. yeah, that all, you, that all ten. That's all ten of them. Um. So I guess now you know how to re- you know yeah. to replace you, you know who to replace your decks with you know now that it's um oh wait um. Uh, I think I I think I made a mistake. Oh, what do you mean? Um, that tweet wasn't from the rules committee. That that was just one of my drafts oh. of commanders that I oh. want to see gone. Gotcha. Uh, so should should we go back and talk about Lord of the Rings now? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a bit. It's a dumb yeah. bit, but we committed to it and we had some fun. Really, all we were trying to do here is just say, look, there's a lot of really popular commanders out there, but there's really cool replacements for those that can make your games, can spice up your games in new ways. You know, you know, we're not going to sit here and tell you to not play a commander you love because if these are commanders that you love, go for it. But I think there's this pressure in the format to like, go after the best and most popular versions of, of something. I want to play plus one, plus one counters. So I'm going to grab a tracks or I want to play exile matters. So I'm going to grab prosper. That's just kind of the, the default is I'm going to go grab the best. And I think people oftentimes don't take the time to look at other options in that space that could provide a cool, different angle to that, to that, archetype or whatever and that's something that we really believe in here out of the box is thinking outside of the box like getting out of the norm and trying something new and so we've we have handed you on a street chef silver platter (laughs) some really awesome alternatives that we'd encourage you to try you know you know if you've got one of these we didn't grab the the top 10 we grabbed 10 of the most because some of the other top 10 most popular commanders a lot of them were typal commanders where you have like Ur Dragon is Ur Dragon, yeah, Lathril replacement for Ur Dragon that isn't Miram, right? It's just play dragons. Sometimes there's yeah. always uh I mean you can play dragons in two colors, you know, like you've built an Azorius Dragons deck, which was cool. Super super fun deck, yeah. yeah. But like sometimes some of those like typal tribal commanders are hard to like find a replacement because you sometimes you just want to play a five color or four color one that gives you access to all the best creatures of that type and so it's like which is totally fine but like you said like if you're looking to to switch it up if you you know have a a group where you guys just kind of play the same commanders for a long time even if it's not one of like the most popular commanders right like 
try something different, like switch it up a little bit, you know, yeah. look for something that's lower. Like everything we chose was from, was not in the top 500. Um, yeah. I think my, the, the highest one I had was Ashnod the Uncaring, which I think maybe that one is at like 490 something, but it's like, it's at 500. Yeah. I had one squeak. And I think one of my picks was exactly number 500. I was like, <laughs> all right, good. It's good to go. I can use it. Let's go. Yeah. But the other thing I like, I was looking, so all of the commanders I talked about, the most expensive commander that I chose was on TCG player, 36 cents, 36 cents for the most expensive commander. Like, yeah. Which is like really cool. Like there's so many cool, cheap, unique, new commanders that aren't just the most busted, broken ones. But sometimes it's fun to not just play the best thing. Like that's like we do that a lot. Like, like yeah. Quentin, you talk. We about, have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, like you talked about multiple times, or like you've built a deck that was prosper, right? Or you've done the thing, and you just kind of didn't want to play it anymore because it was just too strong. Um, yeah yeah it does thing does its thing a little too consistently yeah and commander's all about variance and you know doing something cool and fun and you know rather than just play yuriko play a whale wolf play ukima and do some sweet damage you know like i think that should be the bumper sticker of the episode play a whale wolf once in a while <laughs> um yeah really this is this was just our way to to talk you know to try and and push some ideas outside of the norm outside of the box because that truly is what we're about here um so i <laughs> appreciate you riding along with that terrible bit that we did <laughs> but i i think it was fun and and truly i i stand behind it that it, you know if we are looking for greater diversity in the games that we play um try something less popular try something out try something new and, and you'll have a lot of fun and and if you're looking for some insights into you know maybe some off the wall decks Go check out our Substack. That's where we we're doing written articles over on the Substack every single week, and we've done multiple articles. I, I did a deep dive on Quintorius lands. I did one on my Othelm uh, green white aristocrats deck. Um, we have looks into, you know, I think we got one coming out here really soon about about planeswalkers in Commander. We th there's a lot of really great stuff out in the Substack. So go check us out out of the box MTG on Substack. Um, yeah, and just push yourself to try something new. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised with the with the experience you have, yeah. and and the the looks you'll get at the table, being like, "Wow, that was that was cool." It's it's probably a lot more fun to lose to a Jero and Hazaret than it is to a Joda, the Eternal, this or a, the the Unifier going off. Yeah. So that that well, that'd be our, our four color on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But if you guys so... have any if you guys have any cool ideas, like if if there is like a super powerful commander that you guys have thought about, like send it like tweet at us. We we're on Twitter, just out of the box. Is it out of the box MTG? Or is it yeah. out of the box underscore MTG? If uh, you look up out of the box MTG, you'll find us. Yeah. yeah. But like send us a tweet. Um we'll we'll post, you know, on there and everything. Send us what you think about uh, you know, give us an example of a top. 50 or 100 commander and then give us a below 500 commander that you would swap it out for like we'd love to like hear more because you know like we're always brewing and it's always fun to like see other people brew interesting builds and everything like that so if you have a fun you know commander swap that you want to throw our way we'd love to read it and like send us a deck list that'd be super cool yeah we love it um and it is, it's out of the box underscore mtg on yeah. twitter you can find us there Again, you can find us on Substack, Out of the Box, MTG. Find all our written content there. 
but yeah, but thanks for joining us and we hope to, to catch you next time on, on our next episode.